Welcome to episode number eight of In the Know with WTO, the podcast all about West Texas opportunities and nonprofits. I'm Brian Rodriguez, and thank you for listening. We can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else that you listen. Please subscribe so you can be notified anytime we have a new episode. And please follow us on social media by searching for us at West Texas Opportunities. We can also be found on Anchor at anchor.fm forward slash WTO. And inside Anchor, you can record a message for us with any comments or suggestions. You can also email us at podcast at gowto.org with any suggestions or if you would like to tell your story on a future episode. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, please rate our podcast and leave a message or leave a review and please tell a friend or family member about us. On today's episode, I have Karen Falk, uh, Faulkner joining us. Uh, she is our transportation director, and she's, she she um, works for our transportation program. So thank you, Karen, for coming in. Thank you for having me, Brian. I'm glad you came in. And uh, can you tell me a little bit about yourself so our listeners can, can know more about, about you? Sure. I grew up in Lubbock, graduated from Monterey High School and from Texas Tech, and eventually obtained a master's degree from tech. And uh, my, my degrees were in family studies and educational psychology. And uh, when we lived in Lubbock, my husband, Neil, and I became foster parents and adoptive parents. I had worked at Buckner Children's Home as a caseworker, and sometime after I left Buckner's, a friend who still worked there asked us to consider fostering. So um, the rest is history. We adopted our daughter in 1989 when she was almost seven, and uh, we'd had her as our foster child for a couple of years before we adopted her. But I, I feel like fostering and adopting are such positive decisions, and I can't imagine life without our daughter. I also have a stepson, three grandchildren, and three great-grandchildren. Great, great. That's I, I didn't know about that about you. That's that's really really neat to hear. I know that um, fostering and and adopting is it's a great thing. It, it basically puts a better place for the child and puts them in a better home sometimes. And I think it's it's a great thing to do. And it sometimes it's it's something that gets overlooked. And I think it's it's a great thing. Uh, I know that, that you've been with us for quite some time. You and I have worked together over the years. And um, uh, can you tell me a little bit about what led you to work for us um, for the first time? I know you've worked with us a couple of times and you've had several positions over the years, but can you kind of describe what led us or what led you to us? We moved from Lubbock to La Mesa in 1989. <clears throat> this was actually the same day that the adoption became final, uh, and I stayed home with our daughter for about a year, and then my first job in La Mesa was as a child protective services worker with the state. Um, after a couple of years with child protective services, I got a call from Delane Webb of WTO, and she was heading up the Comprehensive Early Childhood Development Program it was a pilot program designed to incorporate enrichment opportunities for the entire family surrounding that child. So um, I visited with Diane and, I mean, with Delane, excuse me, 
and she hired me as the family counselor within that program. And so when I was there, I worked with, um, of course, Delane, with Deidre Cope, Jacqueline Cartwright, Cassie Wilson, Tino Morales, Jimmy Pace, and many others. And, of course, the families and the children were the best part of that program. But that was my entry into West Texas Opportunities. Before you joined us, had you ever heard about us before? Yes, I had. In fact, I had sent in an application, but it was random, and there wasn't an opening at the time. But I had definitely um, had my sights on West Texas opportunities. <laughs> and I know you're you're currently as a transportation director. You have quite a bit on your plate. You stay busy uh, just as much as I do every single day. Um, can you describe your job as a transportation director for somebody that that maybe has no idea what the transportation program is? I will certainly try. Um, I would say there is not a typical day in transportation. There's certainly never a dull moment. Um, working with with the transportation program has been very positive for me. Um, I'll start with our, our funding source. Alfredo Gonzalez, the public transportation coordinator for our area, has always encouraged WTO to expand our public transportation boundaries. Before I was involved with the transportation program, he worked with Janet Everhart to expand the program from about six or eight counties, I think, at that time to the current 22 counties. And Alfredo has also supported our agency in the development of facilities like at Fort Stockton, Andrews, Big Spring, Odessa, Presidio, and Marfa. And although what we do is provide trips for people, we also find ourselves in the building business quite often. So that's been interesting. But our drivers are fantastic. And I wish I could name and credit all 42 of them, but I do hope they know that they're the lifeline for our rural passengers. And um, and the day-to-day day -day is all about them and how they transport our, our customers with care and with safety. They take them directly from their home to their medical appointments, shopping, social, employment, at the end of the day, they take them right back to their door at home again. And um, our drivers have a huge responsibility placed on them. Um, I think the training requirements are pretty intense, but they really buckle down. They do the training. They do the work. And I believe they enjoy the work they do. And I think they're very proud of the valuable service that they provide. I agree. I agree. Our drivers are amazing, and they... Uh, Kind of on a, a previous podcast, I spoke with Diane Cortez, and we talked about how our drivers will see our our clients and customers at their best time, and sometimes at their not so best time when they're not feeling well. They're having to go to dialysis appointments or doctor's appointments, and and it, it's rewarding being there with them and being there with them on the journey from. Day one, it could be them just going to the grocery store, or it could be them having to go to dialysis, which is a, a tough experience for anybody, but they have our drivers there to support them, and 
they look forward to seeing that driver every single day and that familiar face. And I think it's, it's amazing. Yes. Yes, it is. Um, I know you've, you've worked with us for, for many years and I know it's been a long time ago, but over with your experience and everything that, that you've done with, with West Texas opportunities, is there something that you um, wish you would have known before you joined us? Maybe something positive about our agency that, that you wish you would have known before starting? What I feel, um, <clears throat> well, what I wished I had known, and what I'm very grateful to know now is nothing ventured, nothing gained. And I think that I had kept myself in really safe, secure jobs where I didn't have to put myself out there on the line very much. I didn't have to take very many risks, and I was comfortable that way. Um, Working with Janet Everhart when I first uh, had the opportunity to work with her, I saw her take calculated risks, applying for grants, Expanding, expanding boundaries, getting, um, getting money for uh, growth and progression that really scare me to look at, at, at how much she took on and managed so well. She was, she's been such a mentor to me. But I see now, I, I really see how people... Uh, get help from programs, whether it's our agency, whether it's the Red Cross, it's the, you know, programs for children and families, whatever it is, it's because someone was willing to stick their neck out and say, this is going to be a lot of work, it's going to take a lot of my time, and it's going to put me outside my comfort zone, but I want to do this, and um, I wish I had known it sooner, because I think I, I wasted some years in my life, but I'm very glad to have had the examples that I've had at this agency of people that just uh, pull out all the stops and and uh, try to give back to people some of the things that they know would enrich their lives. It's a good, good point. And I know you brought up a very amazing point that, uh, it takes a lot of work for these programs to operate, and it takes it takes risks to to see if they're even going to work. And I think it's it's it, in the end, it's it's rewarding for the employees to see all the hard work they put in actually make a difference in people's lives. But at the same time, not everybody knows about all these programs, and that's one of the purposes behind this podcast is to to let our employees, our community even other nonprofits know that what we have to offer and, and the amazing point you just brought up is it's not always easy, but at the end of the day, it it remain not the end of the day. It may take years or, or months to, to develop something, but once it's, it's out there, it makes a big difference in the community. And I know sometimes nonprofits, they, they, they're not maybe as advanced as other companies and that they, they they fall behind a little bit, but it takes that employee that is willing to to go outside their comfort zone and make that make that effort to to make things better. So that was a right. great point. 
I know that that you have a lot of experience, um, and we have some people that maybe just graduated high school, graduated college. What advice would you give somebody who is just entering the workforce after uh, the experience in, in your career? I would tell someone just entering the workforce to never stop learning. Go into every situation looking for something that you can learn, whether it's how to do your own job better, how to help someone else do their job better, or just your own um, sideline of professional development, whether you listen to podcasts or you read books. You go to management seminars and just keep learning, and you really can't help but grow if you're if you're learning. It's a good point, and another another neat thing is YouTube. Uh, that's one thing that that you can learn pretty much anything how to do. Another another app is uh, TikTok. I I never knew about it. It's mainly for the younger generation, but I'm amazed how much I've actually learned by watching these 60 second videos on how to, how to fix a door or how to do it's, it's crazy that, that so much information is out there and is easily accessible. Kind of like, um, many years ago, the only way really to learn how to cook was from a cookbook or from a family member. And now you can watch a video that will show you how to make something from start to finish. So I think that that goes along with your point. Never stop learning. Uh, it's, it's one thing that, it's just it's it may be for personal gain, such as learning how to cook or learning how to do something, or for your career. E- even myself, I learn something new every single day that maybe I didn't know the day before. And podcasting is one of those things that I wouldn't have known six months ago that we were going to do something like this. But I think it's 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 good to never stop learning and just make yourself as better as you can be, and make your your company as better as they can be. Great, great point. Um, a couple of questions I have left for you is our our mission statement is um, to ease the limitations of poverty by investing in families to improve their quality of life. Um, every nonprofit has their mission statement. It's 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 required for that nonprofit to to be operational. And our our mission statement is basically to ease the limitations. Of poverty, and the way we do that is with many of our programs. And I know your program is a transportation program that that you work directly with. In, in your eyes, how how does your position align with our mission statement? One thing that I believe uh, transportation can do to uh, align with the mission statement is that all of our transportation vehicles are equipped for wheelchairs. So let's say you're an average family. You you may even have a, a good vehicle, but you find yourself in need of a wheelchair-accessible vehicle. Now, that takes some time and some resources to accommodate maybe a, a sudden change in a family member's life. So we're glad we're equipped to help in this way, um, to to give someone transportation when they don't have the proper vehicle for it and they can't lift this person you know they need a ramp they need a lift so that that's one thing we do that may help ease limitations of poverty of also of of just physical disability 
but anyone is eligible to ride with us. This is public transportation, so yes, we serve seniors and individuals with disabilities, but that's not a requirement for riding. So um, any rural resident can call our 800 number a day in advance, ask for a ride, and and we have six very talented schedulers in our call center who try really hard to accommodate each request. There are times when we have to say, can you choose a different day or a different time because our schedule's too full. But, but what, what I'm leading up towards is that many transit-dependent individuals are also um, financially limited for one reason or the other. They may be on a fixed income or, or whatever, but um, this, this contributes to their quality of life. Being able to get to your, your nutritional and your social and your medical obligations is, is going to improve your quality of life. So I think that transportation plays a very big role in uh, aligning with the WTO mission statement. I agree. That that's put very well. Uh, another question I have is: um, over the years, you've worked with many people, and earlier in, in the the podcast, you talked, you mentioned some names that, that I've heard about um, over the years. Is there anybody that has been really influential to you? Uh, I know you mentioned Janet Everhart was a uh, she she provided some guidance, and so did Alfredo and a few other people. Is there anyone else that that maybe? was very influential to you? I will also um, add Jenny Gibson as a very important influence in my life. Uh, Jenny, as our current executive director, has been very patient with me. I am headstrong. I try to do it all myself. I'm reluctant to ask for help until I let the stress really build up too high. So there are these things that they stress me, but they're also the challenges that I want to take on, and I'm so glad she gives me the leeway to do so. Jenny is a strong leader, and we are fortunate to have her as our executive director, so I appreciate her influence on my life. And also, I would mention Donna Burkett. She, as our um, transportation accountant, has shown me a lot about, well, budgeting and and budgets in general, but also she's one of the most organized people I have ever been around. And um, actually, I think all of our accountants are very organized. I think they all are, especially Donna. I, I've worked with Donna for many years, and we're fortunate to be able to keep her. And um, she she's working for us and helping our transportation program. Um, so yeah, and what I mean by keeping her for in case those of you are listening saying, what are you talking about? Uh, Donna moved, moved to Lubbock maybe about a year and a half, two years ago. And she has decided to just stay on with us and help our transportation program part-time. She works from home, gets everything done for us. And, uh, she's just a phone call away if we ever need her, which is amazing. She has years and years of experience. She was our, our fiscal officer before, uh, before she left, and um, uh, Rebecca Michael has filled in and uh, has some big shoes to fill, but she's done an amazing job. And li- like uh, like uh, you were saying, Karen, uh, 
all of our accountants are very organized and they they run an amazing uh program or pro- they run all of our pro- our accounting for all of our programs and with our, all our different funding sources there's so much that that's required so much documentation so much checks and balances that that they they do an amazing job to to keep us afloat and and sometimes they help us see some things that maybe we don't see as a as a program director from a accountant's point of view they can be like hey this looks this you accidentally wrote something wrong and i i i agree with you they've been very influential and they've been very helpful with with uh the success of all of our programs yes and my last question for you is um do you have any stories about transportation about how our program has impacted the community just anything i know it's something just a question i just threw out of there for you but is there any any stories that you can remember any any impacts that the transportation program has had on on our 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 community our clients um every day i think that there are client stories and ways that our drivers and our program have have made a difference in someone's life and, and I don't know all those stories personally, but I, there is one story that comes to my mind from about 10 or 15 years ago when uh, Janet Everhart and I were in Fort Stockton visiting with County Judge Schuster. And he said, the building that you share with us, our old clinic, our old medical clinic, is probably about to be condemned because... Um, it needs so much work on it, and I just wanted to let you all know that you probably need to find another space. Well, Janet knew from experience it is sometimes hard to find space, yes, especially when you have vehicles you need to to park in a safe place and you and then you have staff that needs an office and so right there without even going home and thinking about it, she said. Can we have the building? Can we do the work? And uh, that led to a, a major renovation of that building. And we're still there. And, and the way I think it contributed to the community is now uh, Texas Workforce Commission is in that building with us. And the WIC program, Women, Infants, and Children, is in that building with us. And um, it just looks very nice. It's it's very a very well done building, and it's something to be proud of. It is. I, I've seen that building, and it's very nice compared to the way it looked before. And I think it, it makes uh, the city of Fort Stockton look better. And when you're you're driving out through that Sanderson Road, the, it's just a nice building that stands out. And another thing is our Odessa office that that we just built maybe a year and a half, two years ago. That with the help of, of of TxDOT, that it's an amazing facility that just uh, brings in a, a nice environment that maybe maybe uh, that that part of town maybe never had before, and that that was something amazing that that Janet took on without even knowing everything that was involved. But you're you're right in the, in the area we live in, especially with the oil field. Uh, our service area is basically south of La Mesa, so Midland, Odessa, 
Monaghan, Fort Stockton, uh, Andrews, Pecos. I could go on listing cities for about another five minutes, but basically all that area that we cover, a lot of those areas are affected by the oil field boom that we had a few years ago where some of these big oil field companies can pay crazy amounts for rent. And as nonprofits and even as regular businesses, you can't really afford to be in those buildings. And it's it's amazing that the that county judge let us have that building, and now we can share that building, like you said, with with tech, with um, the WIC office and the the un, the workforce commission, and and it's just like I said, a very nice facility that that we're able to do. And there's so many so many stories about transportation, but I think I think this gives uh, everyone an idea and all of our listeners of of how the program works. It's not it's not so much just a big portion of it, yes, is taking clients to appointments, but there's so much more that, that is involved w- with the transportation program. And Karen and I are both in the same boat. We never realized we would be in charge of, of construction or remodeling or flooring or all kinds of stuff. But we all wear these multiple hats every single day and get as much as we can done to make make our agency better, which kind of goes along with our our slogan to have better, brighter tomorrows. And uh, with Fort Stockton is one of those perfect stories, how we, we did provide a better, brighter tomorrow for that community. Um, But anyway, thank you, Karen, for coming in. I really, really appreciate you coming in and sharing some stories with us. Uh, Is there anything else you'd like to add before we finish up? No, there's a, there's a lot. There's a lot. <laughs> I would just encourage people if they need to know more about our transportation program and whether it would be a fit for some of their needs that they give us a call. Yeah, give us a call. Uh, take a look at our website. There's a lot of information on our website about our programs. Um, our, our dispatch uh, is is wonderful. They They do a lot for the volume of calls that we get every single day. But anyway, thank you for coming in, Karen. I really appreciate it. And for all of our listeners, um, until next time, I hope you have a great day and thank you for listening. Um, Just as a reminder, we can be found on Apple Podcasts or um, Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way, anchor.fm forward slash WTO. It takes you to a web page that will list every one of our episodes. And a nice little feature on there, there's a leave a message button. If you click on that leave a message button, you can record a voicemail for us and I can play it on a future episode. If so, if you were a, a client or you've used any of our programs, leave us a message and, and I'd be happy to share that with, with our audience. But I hope everybody has a great day. Until next time, our just as a last reminder, uh, new episodes come out every Friday at 8 o'clock in the morning. So just kind of be on the lookout every Friday. We'll have different different stories about every one of our programs. Hope everybody has a great day. Thank you.